Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome in. It has been a huge week for the NFL. Another crazy day of breaking news. We'll tell you about it momentarily. First thing is that is Dave Hellman, NFL insider. This is a brilliant Joy Taylor who actually hosted the herd today. Kudos to you Double on duty. that one. Yeah. Shout out to that soldier. Light work, she says. Eagles all-time Russian leader. Light work for him in the NFL. 15,000 yards while he was playing for the Eagles, the Bills, amongst other teams. But let's get to the breaking news. The Las Vegas Raiders benching. Nine-year starter, three-time Pro Bowler Derek Carr. They're not benching him for a former first-round pick. They're not benching him for a number one overall. No, 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 no. They're benching him for Jared Stidham for the final two games of the season. Now, Carr has thrown a league-high 14 interceptions, and the Raiders are just 6-9. However... They still have a chance to make the playoffs. This is one of the craziest stories that you will hear all NFL season, and I hate it. I absolutely hate the benching of Derek Carr. There are monetary uh, things at play here, and I get that. If Derek Carr gets hurt, then the Raiders might be in a bind. But that's if. Let me tell you about what Derek Carr has actually overcome. Because you all do realize that the Raiders' 2019 first-round pick, Jonathan Abraham, cut. 2020 first-round pick, Henry Ruggs, cut. 2020 first-round pick, Damon Arnett, cut. 2021 first-round pick, Alex Leatherwood, cut. See, y'all talking about ifs. Let me tell you about reality. You realize, in reality, Raiders head coach last year, Jonathan Gruden, sexist, misogynistic, anti-Semitic, racist. Y'all realize that, in reality, Henry Ruggs, first-round pick, charged with manslaughter. Y'all realize, in reality, from 2014, when Derek Carr was in Las Vegas, it was formerly Oakland, they were thinking about switching teams. Y'all realize, in reality, Cleveland Farrell, 2019 first-round pick, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Y'all realize, in reality, none of the first five players drafted in 2020 are still on the team. That's reality. Mm. We're talking about ifs. Talk to him. Talk to if him. he gets hurt, right. we got to protect ourselves. Let me tell you about everything Derek Carr has protected you, the Las Vegas, formerly Oakland Raiders, from. We worried about ifs. Can we talk about reality? 2020, no fans in a new home. We worried about ifs. Can we talk about reality? Trading Khalil Mack, one of the best pass rushers in the National Football League. Trading Amari Cooper, three Pro Bowls in his first four years. Can we talk about reality? Mm. Not ifs, mm. but what Derek Carr has actually had to overcome. And y'all going to do this to him? Make it make sense. Dave Hellman, you're a brilliant man. You can make some sense of it for me. You will talk money, so talk to me about the dollars and the cents. Do you have an issue with Carr being benched? I really hate to follow that up after getting a refresher (laughs) on everything the Raiders have done wrong over the last, like, six years because it is a long list. But, no, I I don't have an issue, and this is just – 
it's a brutal reminder of life in the NFL. Like when these guys get up in front of the podium, the backdrop with the sponsors is behind them, and it's a great day to be a Raider. <laughs> Everybody in the back of their mind is going, we all know what's happening if this goes south. Like we got a certain amount of guarantees built into this thing. It was a great contract extension that Derek Carr signed just last year. But it was built in a sh- kind of shocking way for a quote-unquote franchise quarterback. Like, the Raiders can get out of this deal with only like a $5 million cap hit next year. That is shockingly low. Like, typically, if you cut a franchise quarterback, you're talking about crippling your team for years to come. That's why we talk about why Russ Wilson isn't leaving Denver, because it's impossible. This is not impossible. And everything you just said, I don't want to let the Raiders off the hook at all. They've done some tremendously stupid things. But a lot of the stuff you just mentioned was done by the predecessors. Josh McDaniels didn't have anything to do with that. The new GM in in Las Vegas didn't have anything to do with a lot of that. And Derek Carr is not their guy. Honestly, it feels like the Raiders have been flirting with getting rid of Derek Carr for four or five years at this point. I feel like every offseason it's like, oh, they, they might, and then it never happens. Well, it seems like it's happening this year, and it's brutal. I don't doubt Derek Carr's commitment. I think he's a good quarterback. I consider Derek Carr the baseline for what a franchise quarterback can be. Like, he, you, you can win with Derek Carr. It hasn't happened in Las Vegas or Oakland. A lot of it's not his fault, but sometimes you turn into the scapegoat. I think that's what's happening here. It's brutal, but I don't have an issue with it. That's the nature of the NFL. Sadie, I want to come to you because you played 12 years in the nature of the NFL. So you speak to me on how you feel about it. Do you have an issue with it? How should Derek Carr feel? Just unload, big dog. I, I have a, 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 a like... I hate it, right? Big problem with it because I get it. It's the NFL, and it's a slimy business. I understand that. But this guy, the things he has to deal with or he's dealt with over the years of, of being there that you talked about, right? And as a quarterback, you, you're the guy that has to face all that, right? The little flashy DB, the, 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 you know, the running backs, they have to deal with that. The quarterback, it goes to head, goes to ownership, the head coach, and the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And he had to face all these things and still try to go out there and win games. Now, granted, he's not having a, a, a great year, right? But he's, he's a franchise type of quarterback. Their best player they got this year, it wasn't because uh, uh, Josh McDaniels was a good coach. He wanted to play for him. He wanted to play for Derek Carr. Devontae, Devontae Adams. Adams. Yep. Devontae Adams came there, came there just because of Derek Carr. So now your best player, what's he supposed to feel like? Mm. What's he supposed to think? Okay, so I came there to play with my best, my best friend, a franchise quarterback. Now what are we going to draft the quarterback? Now at 30 years old, one of the top receivers in the league, I got to worry about if we're going to get a, 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 um, a, a rookie quarterback or we might go out there and get a, another quarterback, you don't know. It's like now that's the big question mark. So I hate this decision because, like, it's the scapegoat way. The NFL is built on scapegoats. So now, Josh Daniels, who's not been a good head coach, nowhere. Uh, nowhere. Let's keep that real. Yep. He's never been a good coach, nowhere. Now, he's been a, a good assistant coach, but not a head coach. So all, all the pressure goes off of him now. Now the light is on Derek Carr. He, they're bitching Derek Carr, et cetera, et cetera. So now when they ask, well, what's up with the Raiders? They're going to give it to Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. So I just hate that how, how that thing went, man. That's terrible. I have two notes, Devontae and disrespectful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think I've defended Derek Carr so long because <clears throat> we tend to forget because of the brands of the Raiders just how truly dysfunctional that place is. You just ran down like – some of the stuff that Derek Carr has had to deal and with. it took me a while. <laughs> He's also had six head coaches. Yep. And when we talk about how many head coaches Baker's had, and the excuse machine just flies around for him, well, we can't put it all on Baker. He went to the Browns. What is the difference outside of brands 
between the Raiders and the Browns. What? What is it? They, one thing that they have had the same this whole time is ownership. Mm-hmm. And what are they doing right now with this Derek Carr situation? Making a what kind of decision? Business. Money. Money monetary. Money. Yeah. I don't know if it's a good business decision. It might not be. If yeah. they get a guy who's worse than Derek Carr in there, it wasn't a good business decision. So it's really a money decision, which is what a lot of this is about, because they, are, they don't have a lot of money to deal with, yep. which is why Josh McDaniels is going to be there next year. And should he be there next year? Shouldn't we be talking about if Josh McDaniels should be there next year? Correct. Why are we not talking about if Josh McDaniels should be there next year? Because they ain't going to pay him to go away. They're not going to do it. They're not writing a check for him to go away. Whether he should or he shouldn't doesn't matter because they're not going to lose that money. So my issue with it is this. What what do you think Jared Stidham's going to do in two games? What do we think he's going to do? I, think, I don't think he's going to do anything. Hand the ball off. Correct. He, I don't think he's going to do anything. I don't think Josh McDaniels is a good coach. I think it's been more of the same with the Vegas Raiders, which is very unfortunate because they are a great brand and they do have a great fan base. And when the Raiders are good, it's fun. Like, this is a fun team to watch when they're good. They're just because of that brand, because right. of the history, because it's the Raiders. They just bring something out of everybody. Yep. But Derek Carr has had to deal with a lot. And I really think Derek Carr is great. Because for most of this, he's been good. And when you consider everything he's had to deal with, imagine if he was in a functional situation with, like, the same coach in an an organization that isn't actively hustling backwards. It's wild that they're doing this to Derek Carr. And, Derek, sometimes it's a blessing. God gives the most to his strongest soldiers. This is a blessing. Get up out of there. Go somewhere else. Relax. Now you're not gonna get them. You're not gonna get those Nevada taxes now everywhere you go. But you are gonna get to go somewhere that wants you, that needs you, and you're gonna get an opportunity to show that this dysfunction is not because of you. I think that's another reason why I don't have a huge issue with this. Is this could be good for Derek Carr? I mean, like again, like I don't think he's wonderful. Like I don't consider Derek Carr a top ten, top twelve quarterback. But again, I think the right team can win with Derek Carr. This makes the NFL more interesting. Like the quarterback movement that we're seeing these days where every year you're talking about major quarterbacks moving, like theoretically, he could be cut. And how often do you see a franchise caliber quarterback hit the open market when he still has like time left in his career? Like Derek Carr's not old, especially not by quarterback standards. So, I mean, my God, the New York Jets need a quarterback. The Atlanta Falcons need a quarterback. Like, I can't even list all of the teams that might be just a solid quarterback away from being able to compete. So this could be good for him in the long run. And not saying that they'll make the most of it, but with a potential top 10 pick, the Raiders could also have an opportunity to do something. that I didn't say they would make the most of it, but they could have the opportunity. Read that one more time. What was the thing? <laughs> 2021. Hey, first round pick. All it takes. 2020. First round all pick. it takes is being right one time. But here is why. Shoot or shoot. Here's why I have an issue with what Dave is saying. And Shady, I apologize for the emotions I'm going to stir up in you here momentarily. The reason I have an issue with what you're saying is for this reason. I hate when lesser than coaches ruin the careers or at least the legacies of greater than players. That's true. Ben McAdoo, Eli Manning have started 210 consecutive games. Iron Man. And Ben McAdoo's like, you know what, Eli? We're going to ruin your streak. A Hall of Famer you more than likely are. We're going to ruin your historical streak to start Geno Smith. Right. You know what, LaShawn McCoy, you were born in Pennsylvania. Well, no, you were born in Texas, but you grew up in Pennsylvania. You played ball at Pitt. Uh, were you, where were you born? Uh, come on, come on, come on, move on, move on. <laughs> I, 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 
<laughs> he can't nah, claim Texas nah, right now. Yeah, I was born in Texas. But born in Texas, played ball at Pitt, grew up in Pennsylvania, drafted to the Philadelphia Eagles, and Chip Kelly is going to trade LaShawn McCoy just to be gone 365 days later. I'm sitting here like Shady's legacy is ruined in Philly. Now, clearly it's not. It's not, It's though. not, but if you're Dave. He wanted to ruin me, though. If okay, you are yeah. Dave and you're like, oh, this might be greater for LaShawn McCoy. Shady just got the highest paid guarantees ever. And I'm thinking about my guy could have stayed in Philly, in PA, his whole career, been the greatest thing that's ever happened to Pennsylvania, and now he got to go to Buffalo. So that's why I abhor this decision so very much. Derek Carr is a Raider. That's what he is. He's not a Jet. He's not a Dolphin. He's not a whoever the heck else. He is a Raider. Like Shady was an eagle. And now, Josh McDaniel, you're going to do this just to be gone likely next year? And, and I, that, I, that's I, a great point because, like, I don't know, Josh McDaniels, he might do good somewhere else. He might do good next year. But it don't, it don't look like it. The, the history says that he's not a good head coach. coach. So now a, a, a career like Derek Carr has as a Raider, stamped as a Raider, you move, you're probably going to move on from him. See, my thing is the disrespect comes in, why not let him finish the year out? Because you're, you're stuck paying him on, $40 man. million dollars like, have, if he gets hurt. My thing is, have that respect. He played this whole year. Let him finish out. It's a lot of bad issues with the, with the Raiders. They ain't just their car. Have that respect. Let the guy finish out. And then if you guys move on and part ways, then do that. If that respect leads you to not being able to move on, that is a problem. Okay, well, That's- then say that. And don't act like we're all dumb. If you're going to do this as a money decision, say, we don't want to play him because if he gets hurt, we'll owe him $40 million. But don't be out here like, we want to see what the younger kids are going to (laughs) do. We want to see what the future is. Like, I'm dumb. I'm not. So what is it? Because if it's if it's that, if it's that you don't want to risk paying him that, okay, fine. But then we can also say this is a joke. Sure. And Correct. you're disrespectful. Yeah. You're disrespecting somebody who's done a lot for your organization. Correct. And we can stop talking about you like you're a legit organization making legit decisions. But you can't play it both ways. It's one or the other. Final thought is this. Josh McDaniels, you've been significantly worse than Derek Carr. Who are the That's best true. players on the Raiders offensively? Well, you have Devontae Adams, and what did Devontae Adams say in November? You know what? If this is how they're playing, I don't know if I should be here. Mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs. What did Josh Jacobs say just last game? Tired of it. I'm tired of it. So those are your two best players, and Derek Carr, your third best offensive weapon, given that he's a quarterback, you're benching. It's not a Derek Carr problem. It's a McDaniels problem. Coming up, Tua Tagovailoa is out with his second concussion. Officially, head coach Mike McDaniel says it is, in fact, a concussion. This is unfortunate and crazy news for the Miami Dolphins and for Tua. We have to discuss it. The most urgent news in sports. Next on Steve. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Speak and more urgent news. Tua Tungavailoa officially has a concussion. That play may have been the play that knocked Tua out more than likely this week. Head coach Mike McDaniel of the Miami Dolphins, he had a press conference today. He did prioritize Tua's health, but he said more than likely Ted, Teddy Bridgewater will be the starter this weekend against 
the Patriots saying, quote, first and foremost, his health is our priority. So many thoughts to get off and bear with us as we get them all off emotionally and passionately. My thought is this. Tua, nobody can care more about your health than you. So while appealing to the Dolphins, which I've done, while appealing to the NFL, which I've done, now I am appealing to Tua. Tua, Mike McDaniel, the head coach, says after watching the game tape, he saw you walk into the building and questioned you with concern. Hey, how are you feeling? It was at that point that he encouraged you to go see the doctors. If Mike McDaniel could tell based upon tape that you, Tua, might be concussed, then surely you more than likely have some ideas of your own. Against the Buffalo Bills, Tua, we had to assume it might have been a back injury. That's what the doctors have told us. The doctors assume it may have been a back injury. But Tua, you are the only one that lives inside of your own head. So you, more than anyone else, knew just how you were feeling in that moment. Tua, we cannot care about your health more than you do. Your friends can't, your family can't, the NFL won't, and your team can't. So in this moment, I make the appeal to Tua to prioritize your health, prioritize your safety, prioritize your well-being, play the long game. Again, I always say open up the door and do not look through the keyhole. The keyhole will only show you the Patriots this Saturday and maybe a playoff game, but open up the door. You'll see the rest of your life ahead of you. LaShawn McCoy, if you were Tua Tungavailoa, coming up on a contract year, so many things at stake, you've been that star player. What would you do if you were in his shoes? I really would just, you know, talk to people that I love and care about, their opinions, like my parents, like my wife, um, you know, kids, uncles, dads, whatever it is. And, and I was talking about my health, like, like it's a scary thing. It's, this is not an ankle we're talking about. It's not a shoulder. This is my head. You only get one head. And I just think that you have s- such a, a, a long life to live. I retired at, what, 33 years old? And I think about, like, now, like, man, this is like another journey. And as ballplayers... We, we only think of now. I got to get this new contract. Dang. I got to get to the playoffs. I got to win this game. And so I, if I'm in his shoes, I'm thinking like that. But I got to also put the people that I love in that conversation. What do you guys think about this? You know, like, because who knows? The next head injury, like, mind you, this is not like a year type of thing. Yep. These head injuries are, are within months, two months, three I think. Months, yeah. Two to three months. Yeah. So this is like recent, like boom, boom, boom. And them type of months in football, you might get a, a, a twisted ankle, a, a swollen knee, you know, a, a, a sprained finger. That's football, but not consistently with your head. So I, if I was him, I would definitely talk to, you know, doctors, even family doctors, people that you've been using for years that you can kind of trust and have that conversation. Like, hey, these next four or five years, you know, in my career, if I if I'm continue to play, what's that look like if I may get another head injury? Because those things matter. I think your safety and your health, man, is everything. I think a lot of people believe it's very easy for us to sit here and say, oh, Tua should shut it down and he should consider retiring and, you know, think about the rest of your career and your life. But you've had to do that. You've had to do that. I've had a brother that's had to do that. I wouldn't want my brothers to continue playing this season if they were in this situation. I wouldn't want my nephews to continue playing if they were in this situation. It's their decision, ultimately, at the end of the day. But with anything in life, you have to, what, weigh the pros and cons, think of the worst-case scenario and the best-case scenario. But when the worst-case scenario is as bad as it could be when we're talking about head injuries, and it's all obviously unspeakable things, but we know what they are, 
If that's on the table, of course you have to consider dramatic responses to that. Everyone who steps on the field is at risk for something like this. We know that. But someone who has had multiple injuries within a three-month span, stop saying he didn't get injured in the Buffalo game. He was in concussion protocol after the Buffalo game. Mm-hmm. And the people that examined him got fired after an investigation. So stop saying it was a back injury. I feel like in these situations, it's very easy for people to talk about player safety. It's very easy to talk about we need to have the players backs and how's the NFL not doing this and it's outrageous. And you think back to how you felt when you watched Chua get carted off the field. Mm -hmm. But now that it's a real conversation about a real human not playing for your team anymore or it might hurt your team's playoff implications – now it's a real human decision. Everyone wants to act like it's dramatic to say he shouldn't play any more for this season or perhaps in his lifetime. Of course, giving up your dream, something you've worked for your entire life, is terrifying to discuss. But what's more terrifying to discuss? Moving on to the next phase of your life or the alternative of what's the worst case scenario that could happen if you continue to do this? Yeah. None of us are doctors, but it is not outrageous to consider this And he has to consider every option and talk to everybody he needs to talk to before he decides to move forward in this situation. For right or for wrong, too, I think the big a big part of this is that you can't see a head injury, right? Like we were talking about Derek Carr at the beginning. Like one of the most heartbreaking parts of Derek Carr's career, they were really good in 2016. They went 12 and four. He got hurt like right around this time in that year, and and he couldn't play. I think it was his ankle. I don't remember for sure. He could not play. You're, and, like, you can't argue with that, right? Like, you can't walk. You certainly can't play football. And they lost. They had to start Connor Cook, and they lost. So I get it. That's a heartbreaking scenario to be in. And maybe you want to push for a guy in this situation to play because only Tua knows how he feels, right? But you can do the math on this. Like Joy just said, like, we already – that's what's so crazy about this situation is, like, we already saw it play out. Right. He had a close call with a concussion. We got through it. He played. He got hurt again. Like, this already played out. And he was away from the game for 30 days. Mm. The the Thursday night game against Cincinnati was on September 29th. He returned to practice in mid-October. He didn't play a game until October 23rd against Pittsburgh. So do the math on 30 days. What's 30 days from Christmas? January 24th? So that's like AFC championship game. And just put aside whether or not you think it's a good deal at all or a good idea. Mathematically, if we're following the same protocol that they already followed for this, the earliest he should be playing is probably like the AFC championship game. That's obviously even if they get there. So how could you say he should be playing? Certainly not Sunday. How could you say he should be playing in week 18 or even a potential playoff game? If it wasn't safe in the middle of the season, why would it be safe now? I get it sucks to say that about a team that has so much promise and potential. But if I were Tua, I would at the very least want to be following the same plan as before and maybe even take it a step further given that this is a recurring issue. Do I said this on the herd and I'll elaborate on it. Shady, one of my favorite quotes, do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. 2009, 2010, before the season, Shady, you know this well, you take a baseline concussion exam. And the reason you take a baseline concussion exam is because they want to know your cognitive function. Mm -hmm. In the event you get a concussion, you have to now retake that baseline exam and figure out how close are you to your normal cognitive function level, Mm -hmm. how close are you to your baseline level. When I was in college, I intentionally missed questions on my baseline exam before the season. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, I am not a lot of things but I am intelligent. 
And if I do as well as I can on this baseline exam, when I get a concussion, there ain't no way right, right, I'm going right. to be able to meet my baseline exam score. Mm. So I intentionally tested dumber so that when I get my concussion, I wouldn't have to meet the same level of height. Yeah. I didn't know any better. 19-year-old kid, national championship games on the line, started 13 and won my freshman year, so my sophomore year poised to go to a chip. But now that I know better, I would do better. Mm. Tua, even if he did not know any better after the Buffalo game, like Dave has alluded to, at this point, we all saw, and Tua unfortunately had to live the Bengals game. Tua, now that you know better, we're all encouraging you and the Dolphins and the NFL and every player, let's collectively do better. Coming up, transitioning, Luka Doncic, he could not have done any better athletically. 60, 20, and 10. Never before seen in the NBA. A 60-point triple-double. Y'all have to get our reactions next. It was one of the wildest performances you will ever see. And if you didn't see it, we'll tell you about it next. Speak. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations, Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. What an incredible night. This is the greatest basketball performance in the last 10, 15 years, maybe. Luka Doncic, 60, 20, and 10. But get this. He missed a free throw on purpose and scored the tying shot in the closing seconds of regulation to send the game in overtime. Then, in overtime, he kept balling, went on to tie an NBA record for the highest scoring triple-double NBA history. 60 points, 21 rebounds. 10 assists. Dave Hellman, you go first. You from, you're not from Dallas, but you've been in Dallas long enough to claim Dallas. Dallas. Fair. How big of a game was that? Speak to me about that performance. I mean, I feel like we all knew that Luka was that dude, right? Like, we didn't learn that last night. But it's just, as somebody, like, I was living in Dallas when he got drafted. He was the plucky little understudied in, in Dirk's final years. It was like, yeah, this kid's pretty good. And now, I just think that it's like a, you can't say crowning moment because he didn't win a championship, but like, it's just, um, you're like, yeah, this guy is arguably the best player in his sport right now. And I just, this is what I brought up to you during the break. The city of Dallas is having a, a youth movement, man. <laughs> Luka Doncic, Micah Parsons, and we don't have to talk hockey, but I'll throw in Jason Robertson, star forward for the Dallas Stars. All three among the best players at their, like in their sports, they're all 23 years old. Like Dallas is set up to be on the map for a long time. And Luka's the centerpiece of it. Now, Luke was crazy, though. Like, <laughs> 60, 20, and 10? That's like video game numbers. That's wild. The cool thing about Luka, right, is like you always hear about the hype coming up. Right? LeBron James, he had major hype. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and like, you didn't know if he was going to meet that type of level of play. And he did. Luka. Luka was playing like pro ball at like 14, 15 years old. For him to come to America and do the same thing and better – this will be his league in like what two, three years? It two years? It might be his league right it's, now. It's, it's, the beast, he's beast, there, beast. He's up there right now. <laughs> Luca, different boy. <laughs> I really feel like it's special too to be able to watch young players come into these moments, though. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't want to call it a crowning moment yet. Obviously, he has more that he wants to accomplish. Dallas probably want to, you know, help him out a little, a little bit, bit along the way, even. a little bit. <laughs> I'm sure you know that since he had a sixty-point night and they had to go. With 
into yeah. overtime, which is pretty tremendous. But that, I mean, he dragged them to that win. In the past 20 seasons, all 13,884 NBA teams that have trailed by at least nine points with 35 seconds or fewer remaining have gone on to lose the game. Which makes sense, because that's a lot of points to be down <laughs> with 35 seconds left. And he's, he's a lot like Giannis. He's a lot like Zion in the way that when you watch him play, he has this obviously youthful energy, but he loves basketball. Yeah. And it is so fun to watch players who truly just love the game and react in like his reaction to making that game winning mm-hmm. shot was like he didn't dance. He just was like, ah, we did it. It's amazing to watch. I mean, it was it's it was a really special night for the NBA and for Luca. Like that's gonna be a moment we look back on his career and be like, All right. he did that. We gotta mention that like better than any of that was they asked him about how he felt oh, yeah, afterwards. He had, he had he was like, I need a recovery beer. Like, I don't know. That's I don't have my recovery, king right there. The recovery beers. Have you had a recovery oh, a beer? A recovery beer hits different. Like you get done with like a long <laughs> like, run. It just fe- oh, it just it just hits the taste buds. <laughs> Wait, are you a right Dallas way. fan? Or, uh, born and raised. Oh, so you do like the Mavs? Born and raised. Love the Mavs. Uh, I love me some Dirk and whiskey. But go ahead and get ready to change Harry Hines Boulevard to Luca Boulevard. Oh, I like that. Like, go ahead and get ready to rename <laughs> yeah. one of them. Harry Hines got to go. It's about to be Luca Boulevard. Luca. Wow is a resurgence of greatness for the Mavs. Dirk Nowitzki will forever mean the most because he brought that chip there. But Luka, saying that he is the most talented Dallas Maverick ever is not at all a far cry. Kobe, he had six 60-point games. Jordan, he had four in the regular season. Harden had four. Lillard has three. LeBron has one. And Luka, at the age of 23, already has one. He is on the verge of, if he hasn't already arrived, at greatness. One of the best we've seen. Well, let's stay in Dallas, but move to the NFL. Cowboys in Dallas beat the Eagles Christmas Eve, I believe it was, with the whole world watching. Dak Prescott, he played the best game of his season. 40 rushing yards, season high. 349 passing yards, season high. Got the dub, but that man on your screen, Jalen Hurts, he ain't play, y'all, so let's keep it real. He wasn't there. Eagles were maligned. Cowboys got to win. Bring us on camera. We've seen enough of Hurts all season. He might win an MVP anyway. It's getting really interesting, man. Uh It's getting really interesting. Cowboys look very good right now. Eagles have looked good all season. Shady, more confidence heading into the playoffs. Cowboys or Eagles? It's the Eagles, right? We had some good news today that that Lane Johnson, right? He's not going to need surgery. surgery. That's all at the end of the year. Yep. That's great news. If you know the record when Lane's not playing, uh, I won't tell you it's bad, bad, bad. <laughs> Jalen Hurts is coming back, right? I'm not sure when that is, but I know he'll be in the playoffs. I know he'll be there ready to go, our MVP. Let's think about it. So after this game um, to the Cowboys, right, with Dak Prescott balled out, right, the defense for the Cowboys, they, they forced turnovers. Mm-hmm. They did some good things. They did some things that don't really happen, right? Like put 40 points on my birds, that's not going to happen no more. Before that game, the Eagles only allowed 19 points a game. So you give up 19 points a game, that's your average. That's what you do. And then one game, you have a bad game. That happens. Have a bad game, you give up 40 points. Big burger. 40. Well, the biggest burger is a 50. But 40, <laughs> that's nice. It's a big burger. That's not going to happen again. Let's talk about turnovers, right? We had four turnovers. Mm-hmm. Now, Jalen Hurst don't turn the ball over, so you no. already know that. But we had four in one game, right? Four in one game. Okay. The average turnover is a game. One. Since week one to week 15, we only averaged one turnover. Come on now. So when I look at all them numbers, I know what type of team we have. The defense is a good defense. We had a bad game. Our MVP's coming back. It's got to be the Eagles. Oh, I can't wait. We get that first round bye. We rest up. We heal up. 
and we come back and you know what we do? We win games. Simple as that. In a vacuum, I agree with He you. always going to say he agree with your yeah, boy. No. You know what I mean? Because he know <laughs> I me, speak let me finish. facts. Let me finish. And it, like, in, in a vacuum, in a vacuum, I agree. Like, you get Lane Johnson back, you get Jalen Hurts back, maybe uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I got about him. Oh, God. Picks, I, I was the lead. Come on. If all those guys come back and play and play well, then I think you have to be more confident in the Eagles. But, but. The games aren't played in a vacuum. Lane Johnson, like, it sounds so easy to be like, Lane's coming back. We're so much better. What's he got? Like a torn abductor? Abductor, yeah. That sounds awful. I want to cry just thinking about that. And he's going to play and play like himself? I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to doubt. He don't know Lane. Lane eat nails for breakfast. He does. Jalen Hurts, that sprain is in his, that sprain's in his throwing shoulder, Mm -hmm. I believe. The lowest point of Dax Prescott's career was a 17-9 loss in Philly. 2019. Couldn't score a touchdown. Winner gets into the playoffs. Loser doesn't. Couldn't score a touchdown. Dak had a shoulder sprain. Mm. I'm just saying. That affects you. That affects the way you play. So in a vacuum, I agree with you. But what if these guys, what, what, if, it, what if their bounce back doesn't go according to plan? What if they don't come back as good of players as what we've gotten used to over the course of the season? And for that reason, not in a vacuum, I, I could buy it if you say you feel better about the Cowboys, the way that they're rolling, the way that they have guys healthy at more important positions. The Cowboys have injuries of their own, but the most important positions, it seems like they're in wow. I hope you buy it because I'm selling it. Oh. I'm selling it. You're selling I'm it? selling it. The reason I, I'm more confident in the Cowboys right now is because, like you said, we cannot understate that Chauncey Gardner-Johnson leads the NFL in picks huh? with six, and he ain't played in about four weeks. And they replaced him for an undrafted free safety out of Middle Tennessee. Defensively, I think free safety is the third most important position on the defensive side of the ball. Ask third and 30. Ask Dak Prescott and T.Y. Hilton. So if I'm looking at the absences that the Eagles currently have, and I'm looking at who's currently present for the Cowboys, I'm thinking right now, Dak healthy, Dak playing well, Jalen Hurts sprained throwing shoulder, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, he is out and for the foreseeable future until he's back. I'm more confident in the Cowboys. But for this, before I hand it off to you, Joy, it comes down to this. What do you believe is the outlier and what do you believe is the norm? Mm -hmm. Shady believes that Dak Prescott's performance was an outlier. Dave believes it was the norm. Shady believes that the turnovers that the Cowboys forced were an outlier. Statistically speaking, the turnovers for the Cowboys forced were the norm. The Eagles stayed healthy for the majority of the season. That was an outlier. Now they're getting back to the norm of, in the NFL, there's a 100% injury ratio. So it really comes down to what in the world do you at home believe is an outlier and what do you at home believe is the norm? That will dictate your answer. Joy, what is your answer? Well, I mean, if we're doing that, we don't have to worry about nothing because Kyle is going to be out in the first round. <laughs> that, is that, is the the norm. Norm. that is the norm. That's the norm. That's the norm. Okay, so let's not do that. It is the let's norm. not do that. And I don't want to hear about the Eagles uh, last year. That's when we're, we're not talking about that. <laughs> well, the, the, injuries, the injuries are a real thing especially at this time in the season. So I don't think that we should disregard that the Eagles are banged up. Now, the Cowboys have some injuries of their own, as you mentioned, as well. Everyone's banged up this time of year. You would prefer it not be your most important positions. But as Shady said, they have clinched. They would, they would love a first-round bye. They would love all those things. But the most important thing is that Jalen is back healthy and that you give this, these guys as much time as possible to get back healthy for the playoffs so that they can go on a playoff run. But if we're talking about what's the outlier or the norm, then let's look at 
the entirety of this regular season. That's why I didn't want to hype this game up so much. Like, Cowboys fans think I'm dumping on this game. Everybody's dumping on Dak. Dak had a great game. They won an important game. Not because they're getting in the playoffs or because it means anything at all. Because it doesn't. But we didn't get to see the Eagles play the Cowboys. And the Cowboys play the Eagles at full strength. So just, I don't want to say throw away the tape. But don't get ahead of yourselves for what we saw. We probably got ahead of ourselves earlier in the season. I'm not going to lie. I was being a little sarcastic because of the Cooper Rush thing. Because mm. obviously I think that Dak is better than Cooper Rush. Thank Cowboys you. fans seem to forget that. But that's fine. <laughs> Maybe the internet doesn't go that far back in Dallas. We shouldn't have hyped up the game after they beat Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. Because it really didn't mean anything. They weren't at full speed. Just like this game without Jalen Hurts is not a full speed performance. Everyone keeps saying Gardner Minshew did a nice job. He did a great job. He did a great job. They, he turned the ball over three times. That's not insignificant. And the, and the Eagles offense turned the ball over four times. The Dallas Cowboys defense forced four turnovers. However you want to digest it, the ball was turned over. Mm-hmm. And in Eagles, in Dallas territory, yeah. like these were not yeah. insignificant turnovers. All turnovers are not the same. Just like when we talk about Dak's interceptions, half of them weren't Dak's fault, <laughs> right? Sure. Like, yes. They're not all Damn the same. Right. <laughs> they are not all created equal. These were bad turnovers that the, that the Dallas offense was able to capitalize on. That's not a knock. That's just what happened. That's what you should do if you're a good team. The defense gives you an opportunity to score, go score. And they scored, what, 17 points off of those turnovers? Did they win the game? They did. Do you think those 17 points help? Probably. Where did they yeah. come from? The defense. Thank you. So let's not get ahead of ourselves assessing this particular game. How confident I am if we're going off of what the norm is or the outlier would be the Eagles because they have been the most consistent all season. But even if we were to throw out these games, and Shady, you know that is football malpractice because you know you can't do that, but we can do it on television. So let's do it. The Cowboys and the Eagles. The last half of the season, because at this point, I do believe that all games matter. But let's let's focus on the last eight, last four, last whatever you want to do recently. Both fairly great teams. The Eagles, dominant performance, 35-10 to over the Tennessee Titans. Dominant. Cowboys, dominant performance over the Minnesota Vikings, 40-3. to The Eagles somehow lost to the Washington Commanders. The Cowboys somehow lost to the Green Bay Packers. The Cowboys somehow lost to the Jags, but now the Jags look like one of the hottest teams in football. So even if you were to throw them out, wouldn't you still say that at this point it's a coin flip? No, I won't say that. When I, when I watch how the, the, the Cowboys won that game against our backup with the four turnovers, like, like the two picks, I give you that, right? But the two fumbles was, was crazy, like handoffs. That, now, how's that? Shouldn't happen. But seriously, I'm just being serious. Like, so when practice starts, when every team, they do the handoff drills, right? What do they call that drill, by the way? I forget. <laughs> but it's like fundamentals. You're going to do 25 handoffs, right? You can do it all the time. Your, your main runs, you do it. So, like, you don't think that maybe if a guy hits you, you fumble or it strips you, a handoff before I get the ball? You fumble that ball, right, on, on the other team's territory. So, no matter what happens, you're going to get a field goal no matter what. That happened twice. Then you need a third and 30 to, 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 to convert. That's eight minutes and you're down. You were down seven, right? Mm-hmm. Down seven, eight minutes. So, I'm not trying to, like, this is not a, a, a court case and I'm picking holes through your case. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, I'm just speaking the truth. So you needed two fumbles from a handoff that never really happens. I give you the picks. You had it, you were down seven, eight minutes left, third and 30. The two coverages that I will play, what most teams will play, cover four cover and cover two. two. They chose cover two. Cool. 
I think I still think that uh, Slay should have kind of played a little bit back, gave give him the ten yards, but he's he's doing his job. The safety, I don't know why you're disguising on third and thirty. Like, <laughs> we know your pass. Why are you bailing pass? out of there, right. man? <laughs> go over, go over top. No, 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 no pick. This knocks it down. They punt the ball and anything happens. Like so, when I'm trying to, when I'm talking about this game, I'm not shading. Dak balled out, crazy work everywhere. I'm just talking about the game in general. For you to win that game with all them turnovers and to barely win, that's scary. No, Shady, it was the best win of the year. That's scary. Right. We didn't run the ball at all. Yo, when when Jenna Hurts in the game, we averaged like 168 yards a game. That's love. We averaged like 70 when he's not there. And you barely won against the backup. This is final thought, Dave. Come on, I mean, look, come this, on, this is boring TV, on. but like people, it ain't that boring. people are asking me, people are like, why aren't you coming at Shady Harder? And it's like, I think there's a point to that. Because we're like, making sense. I'm not Shady's all right, we're, baby. All I'm, we're saying is what actually happened in the game. And look, all right, so they've played twice. The team that had their starting quarterback won closer than they should have both times. Can we say that? That, that the fair, Eagles fair. win, the Eagles win was not impressive either. And that's why more dominant. I'm I'm Okay, that's fine. Cool, cool, cool. The point is, the series is split. I'm, I'm over it, to be honest with you. Like, I'm not interested in talking trash about a game that ultimately doesn't matter that much. If the football gods are just, and this isn't me trash talking as a Dallas fan. This is me like being somebody that likes football. Like if the football gods are just, they'll give us a third game. I want to see these two teams go at full strength in the yeah. divisional round. Not because I definitely think the Cowboys will win, just because it will be fun as hell. And we don't have to sit here and say, oh, well, this <laughs> happened, but we didn't have a quarterback and no, there was a turnover. Like, I don't care. That's boring. Yeah. What's exciting is the thought of these two teams doing it one more time, and I bet it would be They're awesome. going to fire me. It would be great. If we play and we win, they're going to fire me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get fired just yet, Shady. I need you at least to the Super Bowl. Coming up, Derek Carr. Even if he's in the Super Bowl, he won't be starting in it because he just got benched by Las Vegas. It was the craziest news I had heard all week because it's been a crazy week. Anyway, do we blame the Raiders for moving on from the nine-year starter, three-time Pro Bowler, MVP vote winning, Derek Carr. Get it. Getting. What do you want to fuck? Got getting? It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Okay, well, let's transition because the Raiders, in breaking news, are benching Derek Carr after nine years as a starter. Jared Stidham, he will start for the final two games. Remember, Jared Stidham, old Auburn quarterback, formerly of the Patriots. Now, the Raiders are not yet eliminated. They're sitting at six and nine. They do need a whole lot of help, but... They still got a chance to make the playoffs. Final two games against the Chiefs and against the 49ers. Bring us on camera because I'm so hot on this topic. Raiders, moving on from Derek Carr. Shady, let me come to you again. You've been in a position like this before. You didn't start your career with nine years for the Eagles, but I do believe it may have been six. You were traded to the Buffalo Bills. Derek Carr hasn't been traded, but he has been benched. A slap in the face for someone who was drafted and has been the face of that organization. You blame the Raiders for moving on from Carr. You blame the Raiders for benching. I, I blame the Raiders, right? When you, make a, when you make a move like this, this is how you lose the locker room, right? So, so first of all, 
Josh McDaniels is not a good head coach. His record shows you that now. His records before show you that. And when you do things like this, you lose the locker room. So now your top offensive weapons, I don't know Wilder, I don't know I don't Devontae Adams, how did they feel? So when they have these in, in football, right, in the NFL, they have like the, the, the veteran group, more like the captains. Yep. Every week, you know, if it's a GM or if the head coach, they talk to the captains. How you feel about this? What's the locker room? You know, how, how's the temperament of the players, et cetera. Well, we're pissed off because our franchise quarterback that we trust in, right, that's been helping us out through all this crazy stuff we've been going through for the last three years, right, with head coaches change, with all that stuff we talked about. Now what? How you want us to go out there and still play? Josh Jacobs, he talked about it the other night, the running back. He's not signing back there. He's going to be on the market. You think he's coming back to this type of franchise? They benching a, fran- a franchise quarterback, right, on, on the last two games for a quarterback that nobody knows of? It's, it's crazy. It's ludicrous. So when you ask me these questions, I hate it because I've been there when, when, a, when a, a so-so coach benches or, or trades good players, and now it affects the locker room. It's terrible. It's terrible. I think the timing is terrible, but I've come to solace or come to terms with the decision. Reason being, Derek Carr, probably the 13th best quarterback in football, maybe 12th, if you will. We already know the the, the top-tier guys. Then you have the Kirk Cousins, the Dak Prescotts, the ascending Trevor Lawrence, and then you have Derek Carr. You know where that is, where he lies. Can you win a Super Bowl with the 12th best quarterback in football? When you think about the quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls as of late, it's Mahomes. It's Brady. It, when you think about the quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls as of late, go back. It was Wilson. You do have Flacco and you have Nick Foles. But Flacco and Nick Foles during their two Super Bowl runs combined for 17 touchdowns and one interception. Mm-hmm. Is Derek Carr capable of doing that? Is Derek Carr capable of having a Joe Flacco, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions, four-game run to win a Super Bowl? If you're a Raiders fan and you've seen nine years of Derek Carr, I could understand why you want to move on. But the timing is terrible because I personally think they owe him a service. Shady said this off camera, I believe, but it's an on-camera conversation. Larry Fitzgerald with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Larry wasn't Larry in 2018 and 2019. He wasn't that same Larry Fitzgerald. But the Cardinals were like, hey, as long as you want to play, serviceable, you can play. Yep. As long as you're playing at a high level, yep. we still going to have room for you. So I just wish, Joy, they would have treated him with more respect. But I do understand moving on. I just hate the timing. Uh, they don't even respect their fans. They're still in the playoff run, and they're just basically saying, we ain't good enough to beat the Chiefs or the Niners, so we just going to mail it, it in. it away. Pack it in. That's terrible. I, I, I mean, you are still viable to make the playoffs. You just know you're going to lose to the Niners and you're going to lose to the Chiefs. And you don't care. So we might as well just start preparing for next year because we don't really care about winning around here. We ain't even going to try. Because I know you're not going to tell me that you think Jarrett Stidham gives you a better opportunity to beat the Niners and the Chiefs than Derek Carr does. To my face, that's what you're going to say? <laughs> I know you're not talking to me about this. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand how Raiders fans deal with this, honestly. I would be upset because – Every day you go and watch this team be frustrating, be sad. Derek Carr's crying. Devontae Adams left Aaron Rodgers, the back-to-back league MVP, to come play with Derek Carr. Y'all are terrible. You can't win games. It's embarrassing. The only way that you have a, a highlight moment is if the Patriots forget how to play football. Right? Yep. 
You are you can still make the playoffs and you are saying we don't care about winning at all. Let me let me chime in because we just got a little more breaking news in regards to the situation. Allegedly both sides concluded that it's best for Derek Carr to step away. The mm. final two games of the season, he will not practice and he will be listed as a healthy scratch. Joy Shady, before we get your opinion, because y'all have given yours, yeah, does okay. that at all change your opinion on the situation? Yeah, okay. No. No. Because I know that's bullcrap. Yeah. They all say that. Sound good. Yeah, it's a mutual understanding, mutual agreement. Come on, we know what's going on. What's going on? That ain't him picking that. Why would Derek Carr? Yeah, with his that, main man came. Million dollars. Come on, uh, man. Guaranteed next year if something. Not that he's hoping something happens to him, but like, no. And, and that's one part of it. That's the money part. But also, like, I, he made a lot of money for one, right? And I truly believe that them guys are friends. The Devontae Adams and Carr. They worked that out together. Right. Carr wasn't willingly sick. Come on. Why? Why? Listen. If I had a chance to play with my main guy, why would I? Why would I leave? They're still. They still have an opportunity to make That's the playoffs. Terrible. Can I go? Derek, Derek, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Sorry. It, I, I love this more and more. The more I hear about it, to be honest with you, and he, I, look, jo, you know what? Educators, Dave. Educators. You're right. You're right. They got a chance to make the playoffs, but I appreciate the Raiders for calling it what it is. They're a sorry team, at least by the standards that we had for them heading into the year. They're not going to beat San Francisco, and they're not going to beat Kansas City, even with Derek Carr. And a big part of that is because they can't score more than 10 points on the road against Pittsburgh. And a big part of that is because their quarterback threw three picks. He's got 14 on the year in 15 games. Who does that sound like, Shady? Oh, so now you care about picks. No, but check this out. No, no, no. No, no, no. Here, follow me here. Does that sound like Dak to you? Here's the difference. Dak, even with his picks... The Cowboys are averaging 36 points a game when he's in there. The Raiders, 21. You can throw picks if you're scoring points and putting up offense. The Raiders aren't doing that. 21 points a game. The Raiders don't eat like their defense isn't even special. They're only allowing 23 points a game. The Dolphins, Seahawks, Vikings, and Chargers are all in that neighborhood of in terms of how good their defenses are playing and have better records and a better shot at going to the playoffs than the Raiders Dave, do. Dave, you've, you've said this to me before, and this is one thing you've told me before that you thought we'd never see the day of. I'm going to remind okay. you of it and the viewers. You okay. said, I hope for the day when a team is willing is to willing? move on yes. from a franchise quarterback. Yeah. Derek Carr Stones. is a franchise quarterback. He might be the 13th best in oh, football. You can win with Derek Carr. Which means there are only 12 yeah. better. Is that? this not an asinine decision? We don't know the answer to that. And the reason I, I've wanted this day to come is because I, I, it's fascinating. Teams don't let these guys hit the market. The only team that we've seen recently do this is Minnesota, uh, excuse me, Washington with Kirk Cousins. And how'd that work out for it, Washington? It has worked how'd out. How'd that work out for Washington? Terribly, for, although you could argue. I mean, no. Kirk Cousins is finally They've enjoying like the success. They've had like 15 quarterbacks since he's left. It's, it's very interesting. And, but this is why I think it's interesting. It opens doors that previously wouldn't be there. Again, like the Raiders have a top 10 pick right now. This opens the door for you to go chasing a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud. Or let's get real fun. Who's heading for free agency this year? Tom Brady. How do you win the locker room back? Maybe go get I mean, a guy that, like that. That's, that's, that was the only time chance. Josh McDaniel was good. And then, like, I don't, I don't think this team is, like, super young. They're not. They're not, not a super young team. How do you so, get so, a locker so, room back on well, board well, with hitching Derek Carr? So, so let, let's say get a better so now you're hoping for Brady to come there, right? Because mm -hmm. I don't mean good quarterbacks is going to the market, right, this year. Yeah. So you're hoping for Brady. Then uh, you get a rookie here. Like, nobody's happy about getting a rookie quarterback when they're in their 30s. Hey, real quick, they could beat the Chiefs. It's a divisional game. 
They played them in, in Arrowhead. That was a good game. They blew they, a huge lead. But what I'm saying is they, had, they, they could have won that possible. game. It's possible. You want me to put my tinfoil hat on? <laughs> Josh Machinos is endorsing this because Brady's possibly going. Of course. It's possible. And remember what I believe it was Dana White who said that Tom Brady, yeah. when he hit free he was agency, to, yeah. was trying to go to the Raiders, but John Gruden nixed it. Rob Gronkowski did not deny it publicly when he was asked on national that, television. Yeah. Josh McDaniels was the Patriots offensive coordinator and associated with the Patriots for all two decades outside of the two years he was coaching with the Rams and with the Broncos. I am still happy for Derek Carr. But... I want I mean, I, I think, again, and I don't want to dogpile on Derek Carr. I do think he's a scapegoat to some degree. Definitely is. This could be good for him as well. That's what I'm saying. I'm happy Derek Carr is up in a, you know, and a you could, you win a championship with Derek Carr, though. You, you, of course. It's possible. Like, Flacco wasn't was no top 10 guy no. at the time. And let's keep it real. Like, Matthew Stafford, I think he was a, a, a super talented. A lot of people didn't have him super high. That's a really good point. Come on, yeah. man. Great point. Well, my favorite segment of the week. Is it my turn? Crazy let, me, let me go and stretch. <laughs> go ahead and stretch, big dog. It's been a holiday. Yeah, get loose, man. Get loose. Hey, when we come back, Shady McCoy, he's giving out crazy work, talking about the top performances, the best players, the best offensive players of the weekend. Get loose, big dog. You're going to need all Pants that energy. Pants tight. They are. They are. Hey, I done jumped. Wardrobe, please. <laughs> I need a jacket. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. McCoy. McCoy takes it. Hey, they know they can't do anything with you. Shady's gonna score. Oh, Shady's gonna score. That boy's so silly, man. Ball out on three. One, two, three. Ball out. Touchdown. Touchdown. Shady McCoy. Shady McCoy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, look, it's time for everybody in the world's favorite segment of the week. It's time for Shady to give out crazy work. Now, we saw a lot of great plays in week 16, but LaShawn McCoy is going to tell you which offensive players made defensive players look the most stupid. Started off okay, with five. Crazy break, crazy break. Number five, I'm going with A-Rod. It's been a while since he's been on here. But look, look at this boy. They got, went three games in a row. They're coming back. A-Rod, nice. See, somebody's open. He scrambles a little yep. bit. Gets out the pressure. Look at that side on action. Well, that's, that's the A-Rod I remember. That's the A-Rod that gives out that crazy work. I see right there in, in Miami. Mercedes Lewis, now he's an old, he's an old G. He is. So something like that, you gotta give a lot of respect to. They found a way to win in Miami. That's giving out crazy work. Crazy work. Number four, we're gonna stay in Miami. Jalen Waddle. Oh, <laughs> my boy. Listen, this is the longest play in the last eight years of the Dolphins. Tua throws a nine-yard pass. This is right here, it's called 21 miles per hour. Not only is it crazy work, it's like crazy work and fast forward. Look at this boy's <laughs> speed though. Even though they didn't get the W. But, hey, look at this catch. See, this is the thing. If you get an eight-yard pass and go all the way to the crib, that's crazy. I don't it? know if you could have done that one, isn't it? <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Enough dancing. Let's go to my boy, <laughs> Liddy Fournette number at number, number three. three. Come on, it was something. It was something Arizona. J.J. Watt retiring, balling out. Look, offense struggling. Throw a little screen pass. He flares all the way out. He got some blockers, tight end, wide receiver. We're going to show it again. We, you see it. You see the wheels. It's yeah. 235 pounds. He's a big boy now. He is. He is. Look how he out leverages with the pass. He breaks the tackle. Get off of me, little boy. 
They almost got to the crib like that. Patrick Beverly. Ah! That's giving out crazy, crazy work for my boy Lenny. I hate this one. Dave Helmer, you gonna love this one. <laughs> Dak Prescott at number two. Oh, wow. I, look, I criticized this guy all week. What do he do with ball against my birds? Third and 30. There's no way possible. T.Y. Hillen did it. T.Y. Hillen did it. Yes, he did. They converted a third and 30. That's giving out crazy now, work. Was, listen, was that a dot? Now, that's a dot. Doc that's Prescott. a dot. And crazy work against my Philadelphia Eagles, my boys. But I seen his pants. They hurt my eyes. But Dak Prescott, you're giving out crazy work. Who but number one. Because you didn't win number one. But number, number one. one. Devin Singletary from Buffalo running back. 12 for 106. His first 100-yard game. Now, look at this one. Now, it, it don't look like much right here, but let me show you this. First of all, the safety touched the ground. When you get the ball like that, man, all that space, one-on-one, yep. you get paid to make yep. guys miss. Yep. Look, boom, he gave him a stick move. He got the ball. Hey, hey, that's called crazy work. Now, look, Devin Singletary, that's my young boy. I was in Buffalo. He was a nice boy. He's very, very talented. Well, listen, it gets cold <laughs> in Buffalo. It gets cold. Yeah, it And do. you need it a crazy work hoodie, baby. I'll send this to Buffalo. Now, listen, I know everybody in the mail room. I know everybody in the locker room. Get my boy his hoodie. My boy. Because he will find you. <laughs> now, speaking of crazy work, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, they're known for giving out crazy work. And we have to let y'all in on a private conversation we were having on air yesterday. Y'all take a listen. Yes, it's not that private. I don't see nothing that Joe does better than Herbert. Nothing. His team's Where? been better. He's Where? been in the MVP conversation. He was healthier as He a went rookie. to a Super Bowl. Oh, oh that is crazy. He's a bum. He's just... <laughs> It's crazy. It's so unrealistic. It's such a crazy conversation. Now we got to do the goddamn topic. I feel like a crazy person. They got 3,000 yard receivers and 1,000 yard rushing and running back. What are you doing? Easy. Herbert, he playing with the speed crew and wide receiver. Get ready to read goddamn rack. Only so often do the break conversations make it. To television. Half the time, we're barely talking during the break. <laughs> Yo, why y'all doing this, though? Now they see how we act on the break. <laughs> it's time to have the legitimate conversation because the debate during yesterday's commercial break, Joe Burrow in his third year, Justin Herbert in his third year, both of whom are going to the playoffs this year. So now the conversation can be had. Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert, who would you rather have? Dave Hellman, I'm coming to you first. Start it off, Dave Hellman. I mean, you know what I'm going to say. Y'all know I love Justin Herbert. It's not a knock on him. But if you're making me choose between these two, I think Joe Burrow this season has elevated himself above everybody else other than Patrick Mahomes. Like, I mean, you can say Josh Allen, and that's totally fair. Joe Burrow's accomplished just as much, if not more, than Josh Allen. I mean, what, what's the name of the game? Winning. Mm-hmm. Winning is the name of the game. Joe Burrow keeps doing it. They haven't Woo! lost since they were 4-4. Four and four. It's been to a Super Bowl. The best defensive player of this generation called game, and that's the only reason Joe Burrow didn't potentially win that Super Bowl, by the way, had Jamar Chase open down the field, and Aaron Donald was like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> and he's got the numbers to back it up. I mean, like, he's in the MVP race. I don't even – I don't need to do all this. My favorite one, though – just because, because of what, what Shady was saying yesterday, as if Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are not dynamite yeah. wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow didn't have Jamar Chase for a month this year. Went 3-1, and one, Coach. 3-1 three and one three while and one. averaging 280 a game, finished with nine tutties and three picks. That's without Chase. <laughs> That's not a good job. Let me tell the world. Give me Joe Burrow. Just don't tell the world who they played. Just don't, you know. But go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. 
Who they play? Who they play? Uh, listen, that's it's your argument, not mine. <laughs> three and one is three and one. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. look. If Joe Burrow had a more impressive arm, we would be it, like it would be crazy if, the way we would be talking about him. But he doesn't even need it. Oh, that's wait, the crazy so, thing. So we play yesterday. Okay. Is it my? Is it Joe? Okay. Is it okay. Now, sorry you had to see that on the break. It gets tart. Up a bit. <laughs> now, first of all, now listen, real quick. Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, two beasts, two dogs. Beast. You can't go wrong dogs. with either one. Mom. You like a Rockwell or you like a pit bull, you're going to be happy with both of them. Big dogs protect you. Justin Herbert's on another level, right? He's way more talented. Way more talented. He's kicking run. He's athletic. He's strong. A big arm. Very accurate. So that's that part of it, right? Boom. Let's go to the stats. I have more yards and touchdowns than you do. That's another part of it. And since we're playing an if game, since I don't do that, but my boy Dave Hellman from Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> let's do that. If you put Justin Herbert on the Bengals, he does more and they win more games and they might win a championship. I'm just keeping it real with you. How can you say that? When I look at them, I'm talking, look at them receivers you got over there. Look at the, the, the players you Herbert got. Herbert has first of all, Allen first, first, and first, Mike first of all, Williams. First of all, Austin dude, Eckler ain't a yeah, bad player either. He's not Baron Joe. You know he's not Baron Joe. Secondly, this one guy gets hurt, the other one don't. Dude plays with broken ribs. You want to come out? Nah, I can't breathe, but so what? Go back up, go over there. I'm going to finish this game. Keep playing and Joe, playing. But Joe Hold Burrow up, play, play, play with wide receivers that nobody on, the, on this set knows their name. Nobody knows their names. Stop. Come on. Stop I'm it. Talking about, hold on, no, I'm talking about when them guys are hurt. I'm not talking about Mike yeah, Williams. And, and when did and, they and, start playing well? So, so when listen, did they start so winning listen, games again? For you to carry a team like that, when, when you're playing with the third string, the fourth string, you don't even know them guys' names. They're going to be there for today. They're going tomorrow. Right? Your boy Joe, he got a, a hell of a team with him. He went 3-1 without Chase I'm this year. I'm going to keep it real, man. Listen, listen. do it. It's not it's, – it's, I mean, real quick, and I'm done with it. You think it's a surprise, right, or a coincidence that when all these – NFL executives and all these uh, Hall of Fame coaches, right? When they talk about the quarterbacks, why do they always talk about, oh, my God, I would love to have Justin Herbert. I would love to have him. I never hear him say, yo, oh, my God, I would love to have Joe Burrow. I never hear it. I never hear it. Now, Joe Burrow is a good quarterback. He's he damn good. I can't hate on him. But if I'm picking the two, it's the reason why all the greats always pick Herbert. I don't want to play the if game. Oh, you don't, you don't play your, oh, I'm not so playing, I'm okay, not so play right. this game. Cool, I would prefer here. to only talk about what's actually okay. happened, which I think is very fair because they were drafted in the same draft, mm-hmm. and Joe Burrow literally went to a worse situation because Cincinnati had what? The number one pick in the draft, True. which means they were what? The worst team in the NFL. I mean – you won. He went fifth. Oh, first and fifth. Okay, I mean, but they were the worst. It's not debatable. Like, they were the worst. It's nothing to discuss. Like Factually, five, ten, objectively. Five, ten, six, foot something. No if there. Objectively, they were the worst. Okay. People try to be the worst, and Cincinnati was like, no, 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 dog. We got it. We're the worst. Okay, sure. The worst team in the NFL is where he went. Remember, well, people said, like, Bur- they were like, oh, Burrow's not going to play for the Bengals. That's how bad the Bengals were. Just so bad. Like, yeah, they were like, he, he might say, don't draft me. Yeah. Like, he might pull that move, yeah. which would not have been a good PR move, by the way. Not kidding. No, why not? No wide receivers. I'll take that and I'll run back. Let me start because I know Chargers fans vary in their feelings because I said that Patrick Mahomes is better than Justin Herbert, which I stand by. Justin Herbert is a great, great young player. Very talented young player. Again, I was one of the first, along with Colin Cowherd, to publicly, nationally say Justin Herbert will be great in the NFL because I'm also old enough to remember when people didn't know if Justin Herbert was going to be good in the NFL, including all of those experts. All of those experts were like, we don't know. 
Is it the Oregon <laughs> offense or is he good? We can't tell. And then after the Rose Bowl, because he looked incredible, because he looked athletic, because he was running around making unbelievable plays, I said he will be great because he looks like he has the potential to be great, and he has been great. Has so been. we're really splitting hairs here, but Absolutely. you do get compared to your peers. And in my humble opinion, if you go to a worse situation, and then in the same amount of time that you've been in the league as this other person, you take that team with a terrible offensive line to the Super Bowl and almost win the Super Bowl. Now, you didn't. But you, you were competitive in the Super Bowl. It's not like you went to the Super Bowl and got washed. Nope. I mean. Then you are a better player right now because you also have the statistics. And this year, you brought it up, this year is probably the best argument for it. Again, we're splitting hairs. And if you like Herbert Moore, it's not outrageous. Mm -hmm. It's completely reasonable like Herbert Moore. He's an unbelievable player. But in my opinion, and in the opinion of the Cincinnati Bengals, yes. Joe Burrow was better, and I don't think that they would trade him for anybody in the world. I don't think no, they regret that no. decision. I don't think they'll yeah, trade no, for no. anybody. Neither team would. I don't think it's unreasonable to say that Justin Herbert is more talented. I think it would be unreasonable to say Justin Herbert is better. Like, Joe Burrow wins everywhere he goes. High school, college, pro. Joe Burrow took a 2-14 and 14 team to a Super Bowl two years later. Justin Herbert is really good. I'm hard-pressed to say he's great because what was Lamar Jackson then what was Patrick Mahomes? I don't like using the same adjectives to describe people that are on different levels. I like that. What is Joe yeah, Burrow, yeah. right? If I say Justin Herbert's great, then Justin, then there's no adjective to describe what Lamar Jackson right, was. Right, there's right. no adjective to describe what Mahomes was. There's no adjective to describe what uh, Joe Burrow is. Justin Herbert, a dog. But Joe Burrow's something different. Coming up, Carson Wentz is back as the commander starter. This was other breaking news from today that got buried behind the Raiders news and the Tua news. We're not burying it. We're digging it up to discuss it. That's next. What is Washington doing? Is it the right decision? Speak. Don't go anywhere. I didn't even get to use all these statistics. No. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. We're talking about the commanders. Going back to Carson Wentz. My guy, he's going to be the starting quarterback. Now, remember, he broke his thumb earlier in the season, benched for Taylor Heineke, who started the first nine games, the last nine games. But he's 0-2-1 in his last three games. Benched, officially. Commanders fighting for a playoff spot. They are currently the seventh seed. It's pretty crazy news. I cannot lie. You're the seventh seed. You have two huge games remaining, and you're going back to Carson Wentz. Shady, I get it. You reason it? I get it, if you are going to bench a $100 million quarterback, a first-round quarterback, you better win. You're not benching a $100 million quarterback to take L's. Yeah. And the last three games, the commanders have taken L's. Ron Rivera has to answer for that. It's the same thing with Pete Carroll when he benched Matt Flynn, mm -hmm. a big-time quarterback. The price was not nearly as much, but that was over a decade ago, for Russell Wilson. But guess what? Russell Wilson won. Bill Belichick Drew Bledsoe, $100 million quarterback. Well, Tom Brady, he won. The Jets are in that turmoil now, not by money, but by status. Zach Wilson getting benched for Mike White. You better 
win because you have to answer to the general manager and the owner for that. They haven't been winning as of late with Heineke. I would go back to Carson Wentz, too. But do you agree with the decision? I don't agree with it. And, and, and NFL is up and downs, right? I can sit here and tell you from the top teams that they've lost two in a row, three in a row. That happens. Then they get rolling again. It's, it's always up and down the league. So he's really he's five and three, right? Last eight games. I mean, that's, that's solid. He lost the last three. Now, granted, I thought he played solid against San Fran. Now, when Carson got in the game, when you're, when you're up 30, it was 30 to 14, late in the game, that's the easiest coverage. They're not playing no hard coverage. They're not really disguising nothing no more. They're just playing safe. So he looked better. The last time Carson went started for Washington. We don't need to do all that. Don't do all no, that. This, I'm just serious, though. Yeah, I wouldn't to, want to talk to about it either. I don't need to. <laughs> 99 yards. It was a long time ago. No touchdowns. It was a long time ago. So 12 points. It was a long when, time when, ago. When they're, when they're, so, and then Coach Rivera talked about how he didn't want him. He said he didn't pick him. So this had to be from the GM or somewhere upstairs. Something happened. But check this out. In the team meeting rooms, when there's like a big decision, they bring the players in, right? Bring the players in. Hey, guys, we're deciding to go with Carson Wentz. When that is, is voiced out, right, and the guys are hear that vocally, oh, wow, they're not happy about that. The wide receivers out there, they're not happy about that. I wouldn't be happy about it. I think with that offense, they, they, they have the ability to make plays. Heineke, he's not bad. He's not bad. Well, I remember when my, my, my last year with the Bucks, and we were going against this team. Ty Bowles was an excellent defensive coordinator. Brilliant. He talked about it. He said, hey, listen, this young kid, right, he's not your typical backup. Make sure you guys on your P's and Q's because he can escape out of the pressure and he can throw the ball accurately down the field. He can make plays. And if you didn't know that, my field of Eagles, nobody could beat us. He found a way the defense played well, and he made extra plays. I don't like this move. They're going to lose with Carson Wentz. And I hate to give, like, because he's an Eagle guy, so I don't want to, like, give it too much shade. But I got to do my job. I got to do my job. Speak, said, do your job. Do my job. I don't see them guys doing do anything on offense. the Eagles still consider Carson Wentz an Eagle guy? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, when he's that. retired, that's still giving him love. Yeah, that's still giving him love. Super Bowl. Help him get there. Heineke? I mean, I like Heineke more than Wentz, <laughs> but I like most quarterbacks more than Wentz. I, I, I think Wentz has a very high ceiling, but he also has an extremely, extremely low floor. And I don't think Heineke's floor is as low as Wentz's. So I guess if you're trying to get a spark at the end of the season as you're trying to get into the playoffs, sure. Um, I don't know what's going on in Washington. It's, it's unfortunate that it's this chaotic all the time. I like Ron Rivera a lot, but I mean, this is a, this is a whatever move to me. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Wentz is like a Bugatti with a faulty engine, and Taylor Heineke's like a Camry with a missing side mirror. Like, not great, but like it, it, the engine always turns over. It does. Yeah, but the, the engine always going turns to over to get you from A to B. Yeah, I mean, look, and the look. engine might fall out of right. the Bugatti the, if the, while if, you're on the highway. If the Bugatti's running like it can, that's amazing. I mean, we know the arm strength Wentz has. We know the playmaking ability. We also know he threw more picks and got six sacked more times in less starts than Heineke. That's the stuff that I worry about. And how, how much firepower do you really need to beat a Mad Browns team and then maybe a Cowboys team that might not have anything to play for in Week 18? Right. I don't think this move was necessary. But what I'm you with do Joy, know, though, like, is if you start Heineke and you don't make the playoffs, a lot of people have to answer for, why did we have $100 million on the bench to miss the playoffs? I think if that's the decision. You're at halftime of this game and Carson Wentz right. has three picks yep. and you're like, oh, the Bugatti's engine blew up. This is <laughs> terrible. I don't, I don't feel strongly about it either way, but I would have kept Heineke. And, and, and like, I don't think Carson's going to beat the Niners. 
Like, like he- Heineke didn't either. So, but, but I'm, I'm saying like, so you making that move off because he lost the game? We got a new quarterback. No, <laughs> gotta go. I gotta go. Come gotta on. Go. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Know what conversation we should have? That one ain't going on. We're gonna talk about the holiday bowl. Shady, why are you shaking your head, bro? I'm just waiting for you to introduce the yes, holiday bowl. Introduce the holiday bowl, Oregon, North Carolina. You, you know what I'm saying? Who you got? It's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be a great game, Dave. Drake May, he's Drake playing, May. right? I mean, and that's, yep. that's exciting. Well, Super Drake May, exciting quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oregon, Oregon Ducks. Go Ducks? Go to Kelly. I will fill y'all in on the off-camera conversation later on social media. <laughs> That's it for us. Thanks for tuning in.